Hello everybody, my name is John Coleman and welcome to episode 7 of the Little All-Ireland Ups and Downs. This weekend sees the knockout phase of the Co-op Superstores Cork Hurling Championships begin. By the end of the weekend we will know who our semi-finalists are. There is no replays, everything will be decided on the day. By the time we speak again on Monday we could be after seeing penalty shootouts, extra time, last minute winners or blowouts. Who knows? That's all unwritten for the time being. At the other end of the scale, the teams in the relegation playoffs will know their fate, whether they've maintained their grade or whether they're destined to spend 2023 operating at a lower one. To discuss all these permutations and combinations, I was delighted last night to have the opportunity to speak to my first of what will hopefully be many guests on the show, as I spent uh, 40 minutes or so speaking to former Cork star, centre-back on the Great Cork team from 2003 to 2006, a great St. Finn Bars man and new Cork under-20 selector, Ronan Kern. Well, Ronan, thanks very much uh, for joining me this evening. Uh, I'd like to start off by congratulating you on your recent appointment uh, to the Cork Under-20 Hurling team. And after four years involved at the coal face with club teams and a year out, you must have uh, got a bit of appetite back over the last year for it. Yeah, uh, thanks very much, John. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, it's great, it's great to be getting back involved. Uh, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the four years I did. Uh, three with the Bears, one with Cantork. And um, fierce enjoyable, but you do get the itch for it, right? I, I think at the time I, I, I probably needed a small break, all right, uh, just recharge the batteries. But looking forward to now, uh, something new uh, next year and and getting on and uh, doing, doing our best with, um, with the under-20s for two years. And uh, you're like, you have to comment on the people who are with you as well. Like Ben O'Connor is an absolute, uh, obviously, legend. Uh, of yeah. Cork hurling, you know, you've Anthony Ash from the the newer kind of generation of hurlers, you know, in touch with the modern game, and I know, and then the continuity of of Jorigan Jer- of Jer- after being with the minors two years ago, and I know you're involved with him in the bars as well. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Um, obviously, Ben asked me to get involved, and um, Ben, to be fair, he, he's a fellow you'd always want to work with. You know, like he never lets a stone unturned, really, and um, he's a great hurling mind and I'm like, you know, and he's fierce uh fierce passionate for the game which which I relate to, you know, and um you know, we we've a good backroom team there. Uh Anthony obviously with his expertise um and experience in the goalkeeping situation and poke outs and all that. And uh Joe Regan has been um has been a constant with uh the the under fourteens all the way all the way up to the minors, uh, the minor all Ireland win two years ago. So and uh, you, you've turned sir as well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're only starting. We're going to get it together. And uh, it's something we're looking forward to, to building on the last few good years for, for Cork and uh, bringing that through to senior level. Brilliant stuff. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of players you'll be keeping an eye on uh, this weekend and over the coming weekend. So we might get to the weekend's action. And it's all starting off uh, down the park at tomorrow night with uh, the Glen versus Newtown. And have you seen much of either team yet this year? Yeah, I um I saw Newtown when they played Middleton, and uh, I I watched the Glen against uh, Bishopstown, and I've seen bits and pieces otherwise as well. But um, yeah, it's a it's it's a very intriguing game. Uh, they played last year, and uh, the Glen were lucky to get out of it last year. I, th- I think Hoggy might have got some ridiculous score, like three ten or something like that, and. Um, I think I think it was a score in the in the last few minutes got him over the line. Um, Newtown, to be fair, um, 
great club, do very well this year. Very strong half back line, good midfield. Um, I suppose I suppose the the game will really be will will Newtown have the forwards to take on the Glen defence? I think you know, like you've you've caught Nocton back now, and he's supposed to be doing very well. And uh, you you've you've the great JB Collin, who's who's having a great season and a, a great club player. Um, but will they get enough out of their other lads to beat the Glen? Obviously, there's there's a bit of talk around the place that Hoggy might uh, be carrying a bit of an injury at the moment, and obviously that'll be a big factor on the game, but it's it's something we'll see tomorrow night, I suppose. And I suppose, speaking of the Glen as well, there's obviously an awful lot of uh, emphasis put on, on Hoggy and his importance to the team, but like they wouldn't have achieved what they've achieved over the past 10 years without an excellent defence, and I think that's something you'd, you'd recognise and you might talk us through their strengths in, in that area, please. Yeah, well, uh, to to be fair, um, they've been a brilliant team now, like for six or seven seven years. I mean, they've obviously lost the the last three county finals, you know, but they they won two, and they, they're there or thereabouts every year. Obviously, with the the two Downey brothers now in over the last few years, um, they have the bit of aerial dominance and uh, that bit of strength back there. Uh, Brian Moylan has been a great servant. Um, to the Glen for the years and Stephen McDonald then obviously is that shut down kind of cornerback fullback that every team needs and he's done massive work keeping the best players out of the game and they're very you know we, we all know the Glen they're very tigerish they play with the Glen spirit as they say and uh, you know they, they, they've been good all over the pitch for a long time um, Simon Kenefick is coming into his own up in the forwards as well and uh, they have a bit of spark there but th- this will be the game now you know like if Hoggy is out or carrying an injury will the other lads step up like will they give that extra bit more and if they do step up and they do get over the game that will bode well for them going forward in the rest of the championship and as for Newton I, I've seen them twice as well this year and I, I think as well their half back line has been fantastic and I, I know I didn't see them against Canturk but I know Connor Toomey did a very good job and Shane Kingston all, all things told so they do have that and if you go back to the great Newton team that you know won four counties three monsters in All-Ireland there was, theirs was based very much about a running possession game but I think this Newton team is slightly different they're, 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 they're a bit more direct than they were at that time um, so like you know, what in terms of their kind of style, do you think it'll suit the Glen or or vice versa? Yeah, um, well, d- d- they've definitely changed their style. I suppose that comes with the, with with the players they have now compared to what they had. Um, as you said, it's it's all based on their half back kind of midfield. That uh, that four or five players there that are very strong. Uh, they deliver good cross field ball into their forward line, and it's just. It's just will they be able to get enough return out of those forwards inside there? Obviously, like they'll still mix it up and stuff. Like you know, you'll have Colin Ockton there, like who they'll try and feed the ball to in a bit of, in a bit of space and stuff. And uh, Jack Toomey was very good from the last time I saw him. And uh, Jamie, to be fair, like he he's up there with you know the likes of Hoggy and the top forwards in Cork. And when he gets going, he can be a real handful. So. You know, it's a different style of play based on the strength of their their halfback midfield line, and see if they can get enough ball into the forwards and win enough possession up there. Of course, we're we're down the park as well tomorrow night for the first time this year, and that's a that's a big changing. Sorry, that's a big element to all these games over the weekend, isn't it? The space and the, the quality of the surface. Yeah, that that's it. And to be fair, it usually suits the better teams. The big park uh, obviously suits um, fast running forwards and stuff like that. Like you know, so it's it's hard to know in this particular game 
who it'll suit more, but the um, Glenn have a few young lads. Uh, O'Leary there, Sammy Kenefick is is fast. Uh, Dean Brosnan loves the open space of the park when he gets going. Um, so you'd imagine the Glenn would be well used to it by now, and they might have uh, the stronger hand in that one. Yeah, I would. I would think so. That you'd ha- you'd have to kind of come down the side of Glen. Particularly, I think that game was up in Mallow last year as well. I think between the Glen and Newtown, but down down the park and stuff, I think it makes a difference there as well. But Newtown have been kind of proving everybody wrong all year as well. Um, actually on the park as well. I remember Darren Deneen from home years ago. Always said that the the loneliest place in the world was if you were playing in the half forward line down the park on the open stand side and things weren't going well for you. And you're just waiting for the the curly <laughs> finger to come and I'd say a few lads in the full back line now with loads of space in front of them in the park would argue that point. Like uh, you might have been stuck in there a few times, like with uh, forty yards of space in front of you and balls railing in. So uh, yeah, there's a lot of lonely places out there if things aren't going great, as we all know. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. Um, and then I suppose Sunday, the double header on the Sunday is an extremely attractive day. Two brilliant games, uh, City Derby between the Bars and Douglas, and then Black Rock and Achilles. So we'll start uh, with your own club. Obviously, after being involved uh, with three of the past four years there, you're extremely familiar with them. And um, you must have been very impressed the way they've been going this year, particularly after a slightly disappointing result the opening day against Charleville. Yeah, uh, to be fair. Um... I suppose I suppose the first day out, <laughs> I suppose that Donald Mallow, we were a bit worried after it. We didn't play our best stuff. We knew there was more in us. But like a lot of that as well came down to the preparation of the team. Like it's very hard with the dual aspect going into the first game. You basically have a week to prepare. Um, you just can't get the players together. Um, for most of our league games now this year, uh, we were maybe dealing with three or four or five starters and stuff like that. It's hard just to get the the bit of buzz going and the, the bit of atmosphere around the place. And you're just kind of you you're, you're, you have your fingers crossed just to get a result in the first game. Didn't suit us. And to be fair, Charleville a good team. They were always going to come back strong after um, after last year's result against us. So I wasn't surprised it was a close game. But again, we were hoping to get over it. Since then. Uh, Brilliant result against uh, BlackRock. Um, it was 11 points to two, I'd say, after 12, 13 minutes. And it was it really was looking like a 30-point hammering at that stage. We were getting worried in the stand. But the boys reacted, you know, like uh, BlackRock missed a few frees, missed a few scores, and our lads just took over. And it was just one of those great days, like, because... We haven't been BlackRock since 2005 now, uh, before that game, which which was amazing, like, you know, our closest rivals down there. So, so like, it was just great to get the result. Um, a few great performances there from our forwards. Great to see Owen Finn injury-free and playing well. And, you know, like, our young fellas are coming. Everyone knows it's pointless hiding it. Like, you know, there's, there's good young fellas there. Um, we've had success, minor level, and... Uh, you know, they've been coming for a few years. We've been waiting for it, like, you know, and it showed in the SARS game, you know, maybe SARS weren't at their, at their best, but our lads really took over that game and they were well worth the big victory on that one. Like, so things are going well, but uh, like I've said it over the years, I was there for three years and um, like, they're a great bunch of lads. Like, I always say, said I want to see these lads win something for the hurlers. Like, a lot of them have football county medals, like, it's the time and effort that every one of them put in. They're they're a fabulous bunch. Um 
they they do everything for their club, both hurling and football now, to be fair. And uh, hopefully now at the weekend, we get another result from And to, Absolutely. There's two things I'd like to pick up on there as well. I remember speaking to Jerry Cunningham after the, um, after this, sorry, after the Black Rock game. And, you know, as you said, there's no point in hiding that there's a, a lot of talent coming through out in the bars. But, you know, patience is a big thing. I think there's a, there, there is a danger that people expect everything now. And I think if you look at a lot of the guys, the likes of, you know, Ben Cunningham and Eaton Toomey Nose guys, and even Ben O'Connor, like he's only 18, you know, like even the way Minor has changed, yeah. you know, you, you know, it's his first experience of adult hurling this year. So, like, it, it must be hard to manage that expectation as well in, in a club so so famous for, 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 for bringing young talent through as well. Yeah, I, and, and it is, and you're right, like, you know, and, and ideally, like, you want to bring in you know, two or three lads every year and kind of blend them into the more the senior lads who are there, the 26, 7, 8-year-olds who can carry the team. Um, fortunately and unfortunately, they've all come together due, due to great work done in underage by, you know, Johnny Mack and Kevin and Kevin Murray and the lads. Um, but, but that does um, cause its own problems in blending them in, as you say, and, uh, and you know, not losing that bit of experience in the team. But to be fair, they are great players. And like Ben O'Connor has been playing great hurling this year. William Buckley came on uh, or started the last. They had a great second half, got some great scores. So, like, you know, it, it's a matter of holding on to them, keeping them going. If this year isn't the year, hopefully over the next few years. But, you know, they're good lads and uh, they're going to put everything into it. And look, all we can do is hope that we, you know, it, like, you have four or five teams, you know, here you'll leave six teams left, I think, is a seven. Um but there's four or five teams really in with this at the same level, like and anyone coming in, you just need a bit of luck, like, you know, and hopefully it's on our side. Uh, and Douglas are obviously one of those teams who are right at the cold face of it. Um lots of experience and you know, lots of pace and uh, some dangerous forwards if everything if everything goes their way. So it's obviously, you know, it's a it's a fifty fifty game, obviously. Uh, and what would you expect out of Douglas at the weekend? Well, from what I've seen of Douglas over the last two years, uh they're very organized. Um they have a definite plan to their game, which um which which is due to good coaching away. I, I think it's Shane Brick is involved down there. Um, their half forwards seem to drop very deep. They play very defensively. They try to create space then for their their inside forwards, the likes of Kingston and Cadigan. And I suppose the big question in this game, or what I I see in this game, is Douglas will try and cut out the space by bringing those half forwards back. Um, cut out the space to war forwards. Do the bars half for, half back line follow them, or do they hang back? Douglas are obviously trying to make space for Cadigan and Kingston inside. What do the bars do to counteract that? Do they hold their spots and do they they they, they bank on their half hours midfields to pick up the slack outside, or do they follow them out and leave a bit more space in, in front of our full back line? That's the game. I think uh, tomorrow. I think it'll be very or uh, Saturday. I think it'll be very interesting. Um, Douglas have been playing very well. I give them that. Bit of a shock result the last day, to be fair. No, I don't think any expected uh, the nature of that defeat. Uh, they were looking towards a, a semi final spot at the time. But, you know, that might wake them up that small bit more, like, you know, and usually after maybe a poor performance follows a reaction. Like, so it'll be interesting how, uh, how, how Douglas reacted the last day. Uh, that's a very interesting point I think you made about, you know, the nature. Do you stick or twist in terms of? 
holding your line or following players. And I remember watching the Sunday game after the All-Ireland final this year and they did a brilliant piece of analysis on the, the Limerick Puckouts um, when the, they had the three lads in, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a, a straight line going down the field and the Kilkenny half-back line going with them and leaving the space outside. And I often thought they kind of, before they got a chance, they cut off the conversation before it got interesting. And I always <laughs> thought, like, how do you counter that? And I assume, I assume it's, to, it's to try and hold your line and communicating and then but how do you communicate in front of 80,000 people in Crow Park then yeah. I'm not so sure yeah it's very interesting and uh, like restarts in the game now is nearly the most important thing that coaches nearly focus on you might have you might have uh, 50, 60 restarts in a game so everything nearly boils down to them how you're set up how you set up against them and stuff like that do you drag a man back and then it makes it easier to hold the line if you've only three there it's very hard to hold the line because they can get an overload on one side if they're not linear, if they're more vertical. Like so, so it, it's a very interesting side of it. Like, and um, you see, coaching or coaches put a lot of effort into it, um, and general play as well. We see that, and it's it's nearly a bit of a a copycat around the country. You now Limerick are obviously the best at doing this. Other cl- teams, inter county and club, are trying to do something similar to what they're doing, but. Can they do it as good? Obviously not. But like, can they do it to cause damage inside? Um, you know, so, so, some teams are good at playing through the lines. Other teams like need, need a different strategy. Like, so Douglas seemed to play a bit like that Limerick model, which would be very interesting to see tomorrow whether they can play around in the midfield and their half forwards and work the ball up if uh, if they're not followed. Yeah, and it's that, as you said, it's that zone that's going to pretty much decide the the, the kind of the result of that game. I think on, on Sunday as well. I, I definitely one of the most interesting parts of it. Yeah, I think so. Like because like that zone dictates whether your inside forwards, like the Kingston and Cadigan, get enough delivery. If that zone doesn't work, they won't get the ball. And you know the Bears have done their job. Then you know. Yeah, I'll just bring it back to one thing as well there uh, you were mentioning, just the, the, the challenges of being a dual club. And you really have a very good insight into that after the last few years. You know, obviously the Bars have always been had a crossover. And then you, you were at Cantor for a year where I'd say the crossover was at another level altogether. Yeah. And as you said, coming into the first game, you go from football to hurling, but at least then you've back-to-back hurling weeks. And so you can, you can get a, a kind of bit of momentum together. But Douglas don't have as many, uh, as very, very few, um, you know, dual players compared to the Bears. And do you think what impact could that have had with lads playing football last week and, and turning into a big hurling game this weekend? I think it has a big um, impact, to be honest. Um, the dual thing uh, is very, very tricky all the year round. Um, as I said, especially at the start for that first game, and as you said, you get a two-week block then, which is great. You get your hurling, you can work on a few things, whatever. And now it goes back into uh, the last football game before the quarterfinal. And the problem is, for the dual player, and I only heard someone say it last week, and I was thinking it before, you don't get any hard week of training. You're always going into the easy week, the week before a championship game. 
Um, so do you lose fitness if you're not playing on one of the sides? Or if you're a sub on one side, um, do you lose that bit of bite from not having that hard training session where you feel like, oh, we've gone through something, we're ready for the game? Um, and the other thing I see about it as well, like let's say our, our lads were playing uh, football against Carberry Rangers the last day. Not to be fair to the footballers, uh, they took a few of them off before the game was uh, before the game was over to you know manage their players better, which was a good sign. But the problem is you're on the pitch or you're summoning thing uh, on the on the team, and the momentum of football or the speed of football, just to the nature of it, is never as fast as hurling. Hurling is more reactive, it's more fast twitch, it's more pacey. You're playing football and you're hand passing the ball around looking for a space. It's a lot more it's physical. You'll you'll be just as sore or do you want to half as much running because it's all physical contact. And you're not using those fast twitch muscles as much. And then you're getting back into the into the hurling and your pace is just that bit down and it's getting it up to that hurling level again. I always found the hard thing. You know, we all enjoy it. Like I enjoy going away playing football, even though I get a bit of a doing about people don't think I like football, I do like football. I get enough of a doing over there. But um but but it's just getting up to that pace again. Uh, whether whether you can do that in the week leading into the hurling where there's no real hard training session, that's the tough bit about it. And as you say, Douglas don't have um, don't have that many jewel fellas. We are on four or five playing. We have the the three lads playing with Castlehaven as well. So you're talking about half your team there. Um, so that that is a challenge. It's a challenge with every club. As you said, I went out to Cantork for a year, which I really enjoyed, and. Um, but the difference there, it was amazing. I thought it was hard in the bars, but it thought a club like Cantork, Newsonstown, like you literally do a week on hurling, a week off hurling, you're literally dropping your hurling stick for a week, which, you know, to me is, is sacrilege. Like you can't, you can, you just can't do it to survive. And it just shows like that there's fierce credit due to those clubs, you know, like who actually do that week in, week out. Like, you know, there's, there's fierce credit due because it, it is tough going. Um, and then, as you see with Nooses on this year, they were left with a load of injuries on top of it as well, which made things very hard. Yeah, absolutely. And it's you can talk about it till the till the cows come home too. It's very hard to figure out a solution to it too. And I think as well, I know maybe something like Wexford did, you know, having all hurling and all football, but then you're leaving a big gap in the season in terms of support and everything like that as well. So I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to make any of those decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think there is any way out of it, to be fair. Uh, the Bears will sort it this year now if they go further in the hurling and be favourites for the football. So we'll see. We'll see. And a couple of rest weeks wouldn't go astray. Yes. And that brings us to the, the final uh, quarter final game, which I think is a. Uh, it's nearly the most fa- like obviously you know Bars and Douglas is a city derby, but I think the Blackrock and McKilly game is the most fascinating game of the weekend. Um, and I'd like to maybe focus on Emmy first. Um, in your second year, uh, in charge of the Bars, I think it was twenty nineteen, if I'm correct. Uh, you got to the county semi final and you came up against that three in a row chasing Emmy team. Mm-hmm. If memory serves me correct, you were decimated by injuries at the time, and. That was, from my recollection, a, a fairly tight game. Um, so I wonder, like coming into it, you know, they're they've they've such a picked it. You know, it's a, we we leave out maybe the whole discussion of divisions in this one. But if you just look at the talent they have at their to their available to them, like how do you approach like 
taking on a, a behemoth like that. Yeah, it's it's tough. Um, like to be to be fair, like you know, hurling in East Cork is very strong. You know, like it's 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 a hurling stronghold. Like so, you're always going to have a strong and McKilly team once once they're organised and management side, you know, and good coaching. There, you're going to have good players. It's just getting it together, getting it organised is their big thing. Now, when we played them in 2019, they had a star sort of team, to be fair. And you're trying to, I suppose, uh, nullify their their top men as much as you can and then nearly hope for the best with the others, you know. But the, but, uh, but they'll all be able to hold, really. You're, try, you're trying to keep it as tight as you can for as long as you can. Now, we had a good start in that game and it was tight for a while. But in the end... You know they pulled away like we do. We five or six injuries on the day. You know starting, and we 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 couldn't afford that. But to be fair, as I said to our lads, um, they battled hard and they, they'll give you everything. Like so, look, we were happy that time. You know, like the, that we put up a good fight with you know everything going on. This team, no, uh, this Michaeli team. I I saw them against CIT, which was a bit of an old game to be honest, but. Fabulous hurlers all over the place. Good young talent. Totally new team because you've lost a uh, well, lot of totally new team, but uh, a lot of fellas gone from that that star sort of team and from the father and Ian's lads and so on. But they have some great players. I think it's um, Mike Kelly and Desmond up front are very good, very sharp, uh, and they've good young fellas and Jack Leahy and uh, Dermot Healy. Um, you know, they, they, they're players all over the place. Jack, uh, Joyce didn't play that day. I thought maybe their forward unit was very strong. Um, I thought their backs, you know, I wasn't too sure about them. I thought they were they were obviously good hurlers, but I don't think they, sh- they were as strong as what they were. But, of course, Joyce was missing that night, and he'd uh, shore up the centre. He's such a good player. Um, but they're a very good team. It'll be very interesting to see how Blackrock cope with them. You'd imagine they'll they'll front up and get physical and you know a few Imikelly young fellas. The Black Rock lads are experienced, they're well able, they're well used to this uh this time of the year and uh this uh, this um stage of the competition. So they'll try and get all their experience and uh, be physical with Imikelly and uh, and see how it goes after the first ten minutes. And that's definitely one of BlackRock's biggest strengths. They're a massive team. Aren't they? You know, I, I think it, uh, even in their forwards, you know, the two O'Keefe's and everyone else, the Cashmans and, uh, you know, the, the yeah. Carmucks. Yeah. Yeah, they're a huge team all over, you know, and and they do play to those strengths in, in the first 10 minutes of the Bears game. Now they were hopping live, uh, high ball down on the O'Keefe's and, like, they're very strong in the air and everything kind of comes off them then. And, and to be fair to BlackRock, they work very hard as well, you know, especially from the forward line out. Um, and they're very balanced. They've they've good half backs, and they deliver good ball into the forwards, you know, in, into the full forward line. Uh, as I said, uh, you'd expect a small bit more from Connolly going forward. Though he's been quite enough for the year, so we'll see if he um, if he catches fire now for the next game or two, and 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 DC's coming into form, and you know, like. They'll be there, thereabouts, Blackrock. You know, it'll be a tight game now on um, on Sunday, and I'm looking forward to it. Who do you fancy to come out the other side of it? I kind of, I kind of think the Rockies actually might beat them. I, I suppose I, I look at him, Achilles, like you know, obviously they're playing on this. It's a Sunday game. They've a lot of games over the weekend. I think Don't Gorney are playing. 
Casamart are playing, Liz Gould are playing. You don't know what kind of injuries fellas will pick up. You don't know what kind of form. It's very hard that way, like, you know, two, two games in two days, two, three days, whenever they're playing Friday night or Saturday. Um, I just I just think the Rockies are due a good game. Uh, they haven't really been on fire this year, and uh, they're a bit better than that. So I, 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 think, I think they'll get a performance out of the Rockies, lads, um, on Sunday. Yeah, I think I think so too. I just think those two games in the day in a couple of days, I think and it's a lot of their big players, you know, um involved in those as well. Um that brings us to the, the last game senior game over the weekend and it's the game nobody wants to be in, it's the, the Charleville uh and the Pierce game. Um I it's been a very difficult year for the Pierce, really, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Uh, both football and hurling, I suppose. You know, they're dealing with the dual thing as well. And um, yeah, things just haven't gone right. They've had a few injuries. Connery has been out. Um, Joyce was missing for the first game, and they just haven't seemed to be able to get things together. I haven't got any run. Obviously, obviously, the Bishopstone game was the big one. Like you know, uh, you, if they get over that, it's it's not too bad. But and I did they had a did they have a six or seven point lead at one stage, and uh, Bishopstone pegged them back. I think and. Um, you know that was the disappointing result. You know, obviously their neighbours in the in in the Glen, the Glen are just that bit, that bit ahead of them, and uh, and Aaron's own are fairly strong as well. You know, so unfortunately for them, they didn't in that Bishopstone game. And to be fair to Bishopstone, they battled hard and got a result. So yeah, they're left in this uh, this tough game against Charleville, and Charleville are no bad team. Like they're well able to hurl. Um, so it'll, it'll be a tough one to get out of it for them, I think. Yeah, and I think even Evan Sheehan actually broke his leg in two places. I think last week in the football game as well. So that's another uh, another oh, no. hor- horrible blow from the Pierce. I only heard that there today as well. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's a desperate result for a, a very talented uh, young or desperate injury for a very talented young player as well. So yeah, um, yeah, an awful injury. I didn't hear that, and and a very good player. And and, and the funny thing about Pierce's as well is like you know few years ago they were going very solid like going very well it's amazing how all of a sudden it can kind of taper off like you know they've just gone off the boil and the confidence goes and uh they they, they need to open now for the weekend there's there's talks of uh an older generation player playing uh playing a, a, a bit role at the weekend so we'll, we'll see how that goes an old I, team I, 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 we... there's talks you can get you can guess which one you want, John. I I think so. I leave I leave. He was in the halfback. Yeah, well, geez, you could give you could have given me a bit more credit than that. I think for guessing that one. I think, but uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how that one plays out. Um, and a brief final world on Charleville. And I know back in when you were in Canterbury in twenty twenty, they beat you in a, a semi final. And I do think that they are a very good team that have probably been very unlucky in the two groups that they got drawn in the last two years as well. Yeah, very unlucky to be fair. <laughs> like um, they're a very good hurling team. Some very good players there. Uh, obviously, you have Dara, Jack Doyle is a serious hurler. You'd have um, Tim Hall. You've you've a lot of good forwards and scoring forwards. Jack Buckley in the back line. You've you've a lot of good players there. They've been very unlucky. Obviously, this year was a tough group. Last year the same. And I think then is it four or five years ago when they got when the regrading came in. They were very unlucky that year as well. I think because. I think they beat Aaron Zone and then they brought the Glent extra time and lost by a point and they ended up going down because they were playing intermediate before that, which was very harsh as well after a great year. So they've had, nearly had three years of unlucky results or 
uh, draws and stuff like that. Like, so, you know, they are due a bit of luck because they're a better hurling team than that, to be fair to them. Yeah. And it's kind of funny as well, like that, even with the new, with the, uh, the new system, like that, that, like there's going to be another group of debt next year. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be looking at Sars and Middleton in that bottom half of the, of the seeding draw as well. So, well, we'll yeah. we'll worry about that next year, but uh, that that's gonna that's gonna be that's gonna throw up something tough. Um, so we'll we'll might move on maybe to the senior A championship, and I suppose again from your own experience, like what do you think is the biggest difference in terms of the leap up from senior A grade to the Premier A grade? Because like the the first two champions, Charleville have stayed up and have a chance to stay up this year, and Cantor stayed stayed up again after getting promoted last year. So do you think there's a massive leap in terms of um in terms of quality between the two grades? I, I don't think it's a massive leap in quality to be honest. And uh, simply because now there's only twelve, I suppose, Premier Senior, whereas years ago you might have had eighteen, nineteen or something like that. Um maybe it's just the, the the pace of it goes up a small bit and you would be used to it like so, so it just takes a, a while to get used to that pace of the game uh, especially in the forward line you know you'd have a bit more quality of forwards maybe in the premier senior grade a, bit, a few more scores per team but a, a lot of teams who come up have done very well can't talk at a great win the other day against middleton after struggling in the first two games so that was great to see for them like because they have a lot of good young fellas coming up as well and as we as we've said charlotte would have done well um i suppose there was kind of three outstanding teams in that grade over the last few years you had charleville you had Cad Tork and Father Niels would be the last one left there and he would they would have been the three kind of battling it out who you would have thought would be well able for the premier senior grade um and that's the way it's shown so far with charleville and can talk going up and father needs i suppose being the big favorites in this grade i think this year and with that in mind just like aaron zone dave um you know dave got the boy to the semi-final um along with for uh do you think that's a, a good thing or a bad thing or is it all depend does it all depend on where you're at as a team Exactly. It it depends on your situation. It depends on whether you're a dual club, first of all, and whether you need to break because your players are playing constantly week in, week out. Um, Probably depends on injuries. Uh, The break is nice, obviously, if you have a few injuries going into it, that fellas can rest up and recover and get better. Um, But it is always good to to have that quarterfinal game if you're a hurling-only club. Um, because it's a big break if you're fit and if you're ready and you're on a winning roll, it's get better to play the quarterfinal getting all, and getting over it into the semi. But I think maybe with Aaron Zone, you know, they have um, they have a few good young fellas, but they have a lot of uh, older lads who have played there for a good few years. Obviously, you'd have uh, Kieran Murphy and uh, Owen Murphy and uh, you'd have Massey Carl. You've you've lads who've done a lot of hurling, so they might be grateful of that break and to be fair to him like you know i don't think anyone really expected Aaron zone to get that semi-final spot if you if you looked at it at the start there they're a great club like they keep on churning out results year after year like you know and uh like it'll be interesting it'll be interesting now how, how it moves on who who they have and stuff like you know but as regards that older generation player they have they, they'll take the, 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 the break and be happy with it yeah i i would think so as well so if we just look at the the three Prim, uh, senior A games over the weekend. Um, the game that I think is the most interesting one is Bride Rovers versus Klein. Um, 
Klein obviously had an incredible uh, turnaround on the on the last round of the group section. But I think Bright Rovers are the most interesting team that are there at the moment uh, at senior level. And, and again, as you mentioned, you had the three outstanding teams that were there a couple of years ago, and you probably would have thrown Newstown in as well at that at that stage. But you know they've had a, a tougher year this year. But Bright look very promising. A lot of very good young talent coming through, and I think it's a very interesting game for them to begin because Klein will will show no respect for any of their young players, I don't think, at the weekend. That's a good way of putting it. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like, to be fair to Brighter Rovers, you know, they've gone with youth. Um, they have a very young team, very speedy. Uh, they had a great start to the championship, great first day against uh, Cartoul, went it, where they, they ran up a big score, and there was a 520-something or something like that. Um Went, came down a bit down to earth in the in the Bally Hay game then wasn't it and yeah. I think they they, they they draw that in the second game and um, you know but that that's that's normal for a young team so young like you know the bit, bit you know up and down a small bit like you know but they've massive speed over the place obviously the thing now like is um, is led by the two roaches you know one in the back line obviously Brian up front. Um, they're young to be leaders, but they are leaders of that team now. And uh, I think Brian had a great game the last day. Very promising hurler. Um, you've young uh, Killian Tobin there as well. And you've you, you've just good hurlers there uh, all over the pitch. Maybe a bit different uh, to the old Bright Rovers team, when but like they still have that fighting spirit that that Bright Rovers team had. You know, to be fair, and like they always give you a game. You know, Bright, Bright Rovers back in the day they were a fantastic team. And uh, they seem to be coming again now with the youth. Like, and I, I know they're putting in a lot of effort down there, and uh, it's a big area now as well. So they've lots, lots of numbers coming. So, but good times ahead. As, 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 as we've said, might not always happen at the start. So it's hard to know how they will go. But over the next few years, I'd say the future's bright for them. Yeah, and what you make a client? Then I, I, I think they. I mentioned the last day as well. You know, they they put Party Sullivan back centre back and. I think it's probably a good move for him, isn't it? Instead of running, you know, where he can kind of dictate the game a bit more instead of trying to have, have a fella kind of burning, breathing down his neck for, for 16 minutes trying to stop him playing. Ah, yeah, absolutely. Like, Paddy is a brilliant hurler. He's played plenty of his days back in centre-back and I, I think he really enjoys it, to be fair. As you say, that freedom to get on the ball and dictate whenever he can back there. Um, and they have a few good forwards there in Cahill and a few of them, you know, so they, they have the firepower up front to cause a bit of trouble. Like, it was a brilliant result the last day. I know I knew we were saying Newcastle had a lot of injuries, and they did, to be fair to them. But uh, to pull that out on the last day when you needed to do it, you need to win by a big margin. That's hard to do, you know. And, um, you know, fair play to them. You know, like, they've uh, they've got the results. They're they're nearly in bonus territory a bit now. But they won't fear Bright Rovers at all. They'll they'll fancy that game, uh, you know, an East Cork Derby. They'll be they'll be licking their lips for it. Like, and uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised, well, you know, if they if they get a result here either, you know. Yeah, it's, I think it's a very tough game to call as well. And um, the other quarterfinal is at uh, Ballyhay and Corsi Rovers, and you're talking about you know Bright Rovers and trying a minute ago, you're talking about two teams who are or two clubs famous for being just dogged, competitive and getting the very best out of themselves. So I think it's a, an interesting clash as well, I think, on the second game on Saturday evening. Um, yeah, so who do, who, do, who do you think might have the edge in that game? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's hard to know. I haven't seen much of Ballyhay now, to be honest. Um, uh, obviously, you have Pao Callaghan up there, who, who's their main scoring forward. And, uh, 
you know, he's one of these players that he can have a massive game on any day. So a lot of it will come down to him, I suppose. Uh, Morris O'Sullivan, I think, is playing as well. So to be very giving great service. But Corsi's just seem to me to be a better balanced team. They've, they, they seem to be on the up for the last few years. Um, um, the good players, Sean Toomey, very strong for him. Always puts in a performance, good in the air. Of um, you, you've you've good hurlers all over the pitch and courses. I just feel like that they're more on an upward curve than Ballyhay at the moment, and I, I just fancy him. I think Sean Goheen is in charge of him down there. I just fancy him to get a a, a result there. Uh, yeah, and I think don't you at, at every level it's like having you know sometimes if you, whoever's got the the more the bigger kind of spread as forwards when you get to this stage of the competition. So like if Pat Callan gets bottled up. What are Ballyhay going to do? Where if, if you ball up Sean Toomey, mm. you know, you might have Jerry O'Neill, you know, you've Richard Sweetman, you've Tyke Sullivan, you, you've, you know, you've good guys to step into yeah. the breach. So that might, I think it might just give them an edge as well. Um, that's, I'll bring us to the final game then, Ron, and then I'll leave you go. And it's, again, it's one of those games that nobody looks forward to. And that's a uh, killer versus Bally Martel. I, I think killer are kind of unlucky to be in this situation. They didn't, they didn't lose any game by more than four points, I think. And, uh, they find themselves uh, in a relegation game. Um, but again, Bally Martel will will have no fear of them either uh, at the weekend, and these games tend to they're kind of impossible to call because they're they're generally horrible um, situations that could come down to a, a long <laughs> decision or anything. You never know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a nervy one now for these two teams. You know, two big teams like this. You know, senior hurling for a good few years there now, and um, to drop one grade now, possibly drop another is um, a big turning point in the in the club. Uh, and it's hard to get it back on track. So it's a tough one to call, as you say. I don't think there'll be much in it. Uh, I saw Ballymartle play league against the Bears earlier on in the year, and I, I thought they had a bit about them. They were well organised. You know, the, you know, you still have some of the fa- same faces. The two Corries are playing away, and uh, a few good hurlers spread around the place. I haven't seen much of Killer now, but they'll always battle to the end. Canary there is a good player. He's always performed for him as well. So I don't think there'll be anything in this. And, uh, you know, as you said, it's, it's, it's an awful game to be involved in. And, um, you know, you don't want to see anyone going down, but unfortunately, that's the nature of sport. Yeah, and you're always just once it's not your own team is kind of the is the is the mantra for that a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, Ronan, I really enjoyed that. Thanks a million for joining me and uh, enjoy the games of the weekend and best of luck to the bars. And uh, we might we might have a chat again sometime in the future. Yeah, I know about it, John. Uh, uh, I enjoy doing it, and it's a it's a great podcast and um, well worth to listen. Like we're really enjoying that local side of it. So fair play, keep it up, boy. So I really enjoyed that conversation with Ronan and it was great to have him on the show and the first of many guests hopefully and um, it's great to get an insight of a guy who's been involved at the highest level both as a player and as a manager over the past few years and uh, obviously I wish him and Ben O'Connor and Terence McCarthy and Anthony Nash and Joe Regan all the best in their uh, in their roles with the Cork 120 hurlers next year so hopefully you know we can keep the, the production line going with everything in Cork. Uh, there's plenty of other games on over the weekend obviously, loads of action so we'll try and run through that quickly just before the end of the show. Um, in the Premier Intermediate Championship we might start at the bottom for a change and look at the relegation clash between Yall and Aeroge which takes place uh, in Carlag on Saturday and I, I, you really have to feel very sorry for Aeroge this year you know a club that are doing so much right on and off the field in both codes and they found themselves in relegation games in both codes so like it, it must be just hanging around like a 
you know, real toxic smell in the air. It's kind of like a, a word that nobody really wants to mention, you know, around the place during the week from our own experience with it at home when uh, when we had the displeasure of it happening a couple of times. You know, it's there, it's in, the, it's in the back of everyone's mind, but no one really wants to talk about it. So I really feel for all those clubs going through that this weekend and next weekend as well. Um, like, and, and as difficult it is to call any game, like, it's very hard to call these games in particular because they... There's so much at stake. You don't know what can happen to them. And you're you're talking about teams who are coming in and in a on a bad run into games as well. Um, you know, and they rogue you know, it's exacerbated exacerbated by, by their uh, by their football at Treves as well. Uh y'all then, you know, have just had a really tough couple of years at this level of hurling. You know, they're they're just hanging on in there. They're in a, they're in a kind of a limbo between the two grades and just hanging on in there. So I don't know, look, on paper you'd probably back a rogue, but you you don't know what's going to ta- what's going to happen in that game, especially with the injuries they're going through. So um, that's going to be a tough game. Uh, the quarterfinals then, uh, Castle Martyr go back to Cove on Saturday, uh, where they defeated Balnassy two weeks ago to take on another Southeast side in Carrigaline in one of the quarterfinals. And look, I've said before, I've good time for this Carrigaline team. I think they have a lot of talent. Uh, we were very lucky uh, to beat them down in uh, Manan Bridge last year. Um, you know, Brian Keller is a really, really good forward at this level. Uh, they have the Cavanaghs. You know, they have David Drake, who can is capable of anything on the day. He can win a game in his own if the mood takes him. So, look, they, they'll, they'll win as the experienced uh, side against this Castle Martyr team. But I do think, you know, and it's not a, it's not a, exactly an amazing revelation to say that this Castle Martyr team has the, the wind in its sails, you know. Um, they're very well at balanced side. They're after winning back-to-back counties, you know, you know, Kieran Joyce nominated for Young Hurler of the Year this week. Um, such a pleasure to watch. They have Mike Kelly, who's been, you know, bubbling away nicely and turned into a right top class senior senior hurler over the past couple of years. Even with Immakilly, even in that game against the that Immakilly lost against the Glen last year down the park, you know, he was one of Immakilly's better players that evening as well. The two Lawtons, you know, Brian in particular, such an experience, such a, a classy hurler. You know, throwing Joe Stack, throwing Barrow Tuma, you know, they seem to have the win in their sails and look they're 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 a club on the up and you know you know people have they're I think it's probably a matter of time till they get out of this grade whether it's going to be this year or down down the line um we, we'll wait and see but you know they're a good team but it, it'll be a tight game I think at the same time uh, the final game then is uh, between uh, at Premier Intermediate level is between Balnasic and Bandon which take place in Brinny at half three on Saturday and you know this game you know from a Balnasic perspective and a Bandon perspective as well of course has been overshadowed a bit by the the death of Jarrah Halloran uh, you know who's a great Balnasic man over the years you know was involved with us when we um you know, had a lot of minor success in the late nineties, which manifested itself in our in our climb up the grades and up the senior level. You know, and then within that, he was a selector um, on the team that uh, won the junior county in two thousand and two. You know, served as secretary of the club, served as chairman of the club, and you know, he's a big loss to the club as well. You know, uh, George is a great hurling man, been involved with uh, CIT as well, and and very Cork at minor level and uh, at intermediate level. Any hurling people at Cork be well aware of his his son Niall, who's done great coaching work with. You know, abandoned and with Aerog, even in, in more recent times, involved the Cork Miners, and you know, my heart goes out to to Burr, to Kira, to Sinead and Niall, and I, I I'd like to send on my best regards and, and my deepest sympathy sympathy to them and what is a very tough time for them. You know, so you know, and Joe was born back around Bandon as well. You know, so look, the game has been a bit overshadowed by that. You know, hopefully Balnas can get the job done and. Um, you know, and uh, and move on from it then as well. You know, so that's the Premier Intermediate Championship. There's some good games as well at uh, intermediate level. So we'll just have a quick look at them. Um, in the Intermediate A Championship, you've two quarterfinals on Friday night. Dungorny take on Middleton in a really good local derby on uh, Friday evening and Carrick Tool. I'd imagine there'd be a, a, a nice crowd uh, head down to have a look at that. Dungorny have been, you know, tipping away well at this level for a couple of years now. Um, I haven't seen them in two years, but I did see a good bit of them a couple of years ago as well. Um, you know, and they're um, 
I think like it's very tough for us to you know Middleton you know they've had so much underage talent the last few years they're going to be strong at this level and they had a great win against Blackrock the last day put up a really big score um, and I think the key for Dungoni going to game like this is just to keep it close for as long as he can and I, I do think when it gets into the last 10-15 minutes you know the club whose first team is involved tends to tends to find that bit more for some reason I can't quite you know explain but you know you know, they, they, you know, just because doesn't mean when it, when push comes to shove, does it just mean that bit more to them? And I think if Dungoni can just hang hang in there for as long as he can uh, on Saturday, on Friday evening, I should say, I think they they, they might get the better of Middleton. The other game then is in Fermoy, and that's between this Ghoul and Kildari. Uh, Kildari are a decent team. You know, we've all seen James Keating play with the Cork Miners and the Cork Twenties over the past couple of years, and they've another couple of good players around there as well. Uh, you know, they've. Um, you know, Peter O'Neill as well, the big the big wing forward has been a top class player for them. And then Liz Gould um are an, you know an exciting team to watch at the moment, you know. Um, you know, they've obviously had Lee Moshe, you know, if Mark Hairdy up front as well, they've had John Cronin and you know, they're a they're a they're a club to keep an eye on over the next couple of years. They won a great county uh, last year against Kilbritton, played some fabulous hurling game in that game. And they've you know they they they've taken like ducks to water to this level of hurling again, you know. So I think I fancy them uh, to come through that game. In the Premier Junior Championship, then you're going to have Milford taking on Tracton on Friday night in Morn Abbey. Um, you know, both teams won two games in the group stages. You know, I think that'll be a tight game. Uh, Shane Bricks involved with Tracton again. So, look, I see Michael O'Sullivan still banging in a few goals for him. You know, he was uh, knocking on the Cork scene about 10 years ago. You know, so maybe Tracton just maybe just because they're a bit close to me at home, I might, I might just fancy them to edge that game. And then in the other game of the Premier Junior Championship is. Um, Russell Rovers of Argentine Rangers. Um, I fancy Russell Rovers for this game. I think they're, you know, a couple of years ago they got to an All Ireland Junior Final. Um, then the following year they got to the Lower Intermediate Final against Castle Martyr. Um, lost kind of reasonably he- heavily enough in the end, but you know, lost Josh Bozang inside the first fifteen minutes, who was such a talismanic and important player for them. Um, you know, then they nearly got relegated last year. Uh, ended up in the playoff against Granada, beat them comfortably down in Riverstown. Um, but now they have Josh Bazang back. To, you know they have two. You know the Pearson Rory Cummins are two very good young players coming through for them as well. I, I fancy Russell Rovers to get over this game. You know although you never get anything easy off Ar- Argentine Rangers, but I think um, they'll have a big say in where this championship goes as well. So that 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 would be an interesting game. And then finally the two other relegation games. Uh, just briefly mentioned the first one is the Intermediate hurling, and that's Douglas versus Moylan. Um, Douglas have had a horrendous time of that this year. You know they've they've taken a few very heavy beatings than that. Moylan. You know, like Milan, same with Rock Chapel football, small places like what those, what these clubs are able to achieve is incredible, I think, you know. Um, I think Milan did well against Mayfield last time, seen time that ability to score a few goals. They have a good couple of dual players crossing over the rock as well. I fancy them to, to, to maintain their status in that game. And then in the final game, it's the Bars versus Dripsy. You know, Dripsy went on such an amazing run after their formation, going on winning the junior county, the junior All-Ireland, I see. You know, still still a few old soldiers from that time playing away. Dermot O'Riordan's back in goal for them. I think I saw John Carey came on from one of the games recently as well. So, you know, but they're just hanging in there, you know. Um, they've been kind of got out of jail a couple of times in the last couple of years. The Bars kind of in the group games, you know, they got a draw against Barry Rowe last year a couple of games. Uh, it's a very hard one to call, you know. You know, possibly the Bars, but, you know, Dripsy again, as I mentioned, First team versus second team. If they can keep, if they're if they're there, they're about a few minutes to go. Uh, you don't know what will happen. 
Um, so that's it. it. It promises to be a really good weekend of hurling. I know the Irish Examiner are streaming uh, the games on Sunday um, between Douglas and the Bars and Blackrock and uh, Immokilly. So wherever you're going, enjoy it. Um, I hope your club does well. And if you're if you're just going along as a neutral, I hope you uh, get to get to see some good games. So thanks a million for listening. It was great to have our first guest on this week, and hopefully uh, we can add to that list as the weeks go on. And I'll be back talking to you on Monday, uh, trying to piece together uh, what promised to be another fascinating weekend of action in the Co-op Superstores uh, Car Curling Championship. So thanks again. Thanks a million for listening. Uh, Slán agus Tour Irish Finn.